At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Welcome to our series, Unstoppable, Bound in His Love, Freed by His Spirit, where we're journeying through what many call the greatest chapter in the Bible, Romans 8, to uncover a more lasting force than hard work and a more enduring purpose than momentary success. Good morning. Oh my gosh, those words to the song, the same breath that came into Jesus in the tomb is the same breath that you and I get to breathe today. Amen. Let's give God a clap offering. He is so good to every single one of us. We're living brand new lives today because of who he is. Somebody thinks I'm short. Okay, there we go. <laughs> All right. Are your hands cold? Just stick them in your armpits. It's really great. <laughs> Just warm you up in two minutes. Your armpits, nobody else's. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, the big question should we be listening to Christmas music now, or do we have to wait till after Thanksgiving? Now. now. Oh, look at you, Jesus lovers. Okay, awesome. Yeah, this is the, the dilemma I face with my uh, high schoolers and middle schoolers, right? Some are saying, no, not yet, you know. Well, we're listening the other day, and the song came on by the Pentatonics, who I absolutely love, and it was, Oh, Holy Night. Yeah. Oh, Holy Night. What a song. You know, it brings in the presence of God in a reality. When I first got saved, I was 25 years old, and um, I, I read the Bible without, you know, I mean, like with a background from a Catholic background. And so when I read it afresh, when it talked about the second coming of Jesus, to me, it referred to being 25 and he came the second time into my life personally. Raise your hand if you know that's your experience. Yes, amen. And then I began to think about it. And as I walked with the Lord, his coming was to come every day into my life. And I believe today is one of those days. God has prepared us so beautifully. You know, he's given us a place. He's given us great praise this morning. So, Father, I just pray today that you will speak life into every one of us today. It'll be a day of your visitation. May our hearts be warmed by that and transformed as well. So the song, Oh Holy Night, listen to the words. The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. The thrill of hope, the weary soul rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O oh, hear the angels' voices, O oh, night divine, O oh, night when Christ was born, O oh, night divine. And the words that stood out to me there that just really resonated in my spirit is the, the world lies in sin and error pining. And I think we feel that. We feel that this pining away, it means to suffer deeply. It means to be weary. It also means to be longing. 
There's a desperation in the world in which we live. And I pray that each one of us, you know, kind of sense that as a challenge from God to be in this world, yet not of the world. This, these verses also hearken beautifully to Romans chapter 8. Because Romans chapter 8 talks about a travail that comes in every one of our lives. And Romans chapter 8 is like known as one of the greatest chapters of God's entire world. It's prefaced by Romans chapter 7, which we know all too well, that which I don't want to do, I end up doing. And what I know I should do and I want to do, I struggle with. Anybody have that experience? That's what I thought, okay? And the rest of you are liars. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> this is our experience. And then we get to Romans chapter 8, as has been shared. There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We go, thank you, God, for Romans chapter 8. We are on the way to victory. This is so cool. No condemnation. I'm a child of God. The breath that raised Jesus from the dead is in me. I'm living today in the center of his will. No more problems. And then you read on in Romans chapter 8, and we get to the verses that I'm sharing tonight, or this morning. Verse 18, he starts talking about suffering. Suffering? Well, no condemnation sounds like great things. You get a little further on in the chapter, we are more than conquerors through Christ, yay. But this suffering thing, guys, we've got to deal with this. Because we are all suffering. We're all suffering. But the beautiful thing is that our God is unstoppable. Is that cool? And you know what? That same breath that's in you of the Holy Spirit is unstoppable. Say, I am unstoppable. Yes. And it's not that you are. I know you get it. It's that God in you is unstoppable. Unstoppable. And so many times in our lives, we come up to these situations, you know, that just seem like, okay, I, I got nothing. I'm done. I can't get, I can't. It's an old thing. keeps coming back. It's just the way I'm made. I can't help it. I'm Sicilian. Get over it. No, I got to get over it, right? So there's issues that come in our lives like this, and God wants to give us hope in the middle of it. Now, I was so encouraged as I was listening to scripture. The disciples are out in the boat, right? These are fishermen. They know how to do it, right? They've been fishing, right? And Jesus says, hey, cast your net on the other side. And they're like, we know how to fish. You made us fishermen. We got this. But we've been fishing. We've been fishing. We've been doing the same thing. Nothing's happening. But when Jesus said it, they did it, and they caught a great number of fish. I tell you that because sometimes you're going to do the same thing you've been doing over and over, and you haven't gotten the results you want, but one day God says to you, do this again. And at his voice, you do it, and you get his results. There's great hope because we have the word of the Lord. Now, hope. Hope is very much a part of the scripture that we're looking at today. The main thought today is that our present sufferings will give way to God's glory. And that is future glory, but it's also right now. 
Because so many times in the Christian world, we keep hoping for something, and we say, well, one day God will, one day God will. And you know, it almost builds a lethargy in our lives for the adventure of today. So today, let's just examine ourselves. What are you hoping for? What is your big anticipation in life? Right? What is it? How many of us... Well, do you remember getting a new car? You get this new car, it's like, okay, this is it. This is, this is my machine. This is just an extension of who I am. I am now embodying 240 horsepower. <laughs> I'm amazing because I have a new car, right? And then somebody opens the door and dings, you know, your door or, you know. I, I had a car I really liked. Something on the bottom of it just fell out. I went to the dealer. I said, hey, something fell out. He goes, don't worry about it. I go, but whatever. The point is, whether it's a car, a boat, even a relationship, a trip, right? Worldly hopes leave us a little empty. Always. I had a friend. He was trying all kinds of things. He was left empty, finally turned to the Lord. But because God is our hope, our hope is not natural. Our hope is for something spiritual. It is to enter into that which God has called us to. It's not just a hope in here, but it's, it, it's, to, it's to have a hope for the things that God is hoping for. Now, if I say faith, faith comes by hearing God. We hear his word, he said it, I believe it, that settles it. We have faith. But hope is a little more misty. Hope is believing in the character of God when you don't know what the outcome is going to be. That's pretty powerful. Hope is having faith in the nature and the character of God. All right? I built a house when I was very young. I think I was uh, 23 years old from beginning to end. I was 23. I never built a house. But my father had built a house. And I could have hope that he would be a part of that process. I didn't know what he would do. I just knew he was there. And that made it okay for me. It was amazing. So we are a people that are an expectant people, a sure people, a people who have confidence because our God has got our back. He goes before us as well. He is our hope. So what are we hoping for today is a very important thing. And what I would like to do is just give you a picture out of Psalm 123, verse 2. It says this, that the servant looks to the master to see what the master is about to do. The idea is that the master is seated at the table. His glass of water is half full. And the master looks to his glass and the servant looks to the master and he sees that's what he wants. And we move in that direction. It builds a very close relationship uh, with the master because we want to know his heart. Our God is unstoppable in us. And we can see this in, in characters throughout the Bible. Job suffered. He had no idea what the outcome was going to be. He didn't understand where he was. Jesus on the cross said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But he was filled with this deeper confidence in the character of his father. And uh, Peter, same thing. He was so full of himself, and yet there was something deep in him that hoped in God. 
And so God wants us to be a people that are filled with hope and know that all of our sufferings cannot be compared to the glory that he's going to pour out. So our first point is the creation groans for its restoration. Let's take a look at this. You know, sometimes in my sufferings, and I'm sure in yours as well, we're also terribly human. I think about uh, the other, this last week, I don't know what I was going through. I can't even remember. It's over with. But in the middle of it, I thought about my brothers and sisters in Christ who are imprisoned. I thought, you know what? I don't have a problem. My pro if I was imprisoned, if I was being persecuted for my faith, the thing that was so big to me in that moment would just vaporize. So as a Christian, our suffering works for us when we yield to God. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 18. It says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy or worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Some translations say the glory revealed in us. For the creation which, which waits with eager longing uh, for the revealing of the sons of God, for the creature was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. Let's take a look at this. As we already said, the glory that's coming comes in part because we are willing to pay a price. We're willing to pay a price. We are not suffering to stay the same. As, as you think about it, like right now, if you think about some of your worst suffering in the past, how has that turned out good for you? What has that done in your life, right? It's made you more like Jesus. Now, there's two kinds of suffering. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But our suffering works for us a great, great measure of his glory. Actually, yesterday's suffering prepared us for today's victory. And today we're walking in a victory because of how we suffered in the past. And today's suffering is praying for a great victory that is soon to be revealed. Let's take a look at the captain of, of all suffering, the quintessential man who suffered for Christ. His name is the Apostle Paul. He, he suffered in the present time, in his present time, and he literally brags about it. It kind of reminds me of like football players or wrestlers. You want to see my scars? I broke my leg. I've got five pins. You want to see the stitches? You know, it's just kind of that mentality, right? Or, or race car derby people. I, there's something like that going on in town, you know? Look at my car. It's all smashed up and it still runs. I'm cool, right? Well, it's that kind of mentality. And Paul, he brags about it. He goes, I have nearly starved to death. Yay, I'm a Christian. I nearly starved to death. I've been tormented. I've been threatened. I've been chastened. I've been mocked. I've been unjustly sentenced. Hey, I've been in prison. Guess what I did in prison? I sang songs to my God. He's bragging about his sufferings. What do we brag about in our culture? 
right? There's something about Christianity that's really flipped. It's very different. I've been stoned. He wasn't talking about drugs, all right? He was actually stoned. He was left for dead. He was shipwrecked. He floated in the waters for like three days on broken pieces of a ship, all right? He points to all these things and he says, it is because I have hope in my suffering. And that as a Christian, there are sufferings that come our way that make us believe in the unstoppableness of our God as he flows through us. Amen. Paul is amazing, a great, great example. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have had a near-death experience? You almost died at one point. Wow, look at these hands. This is amazing. See, God had a plan, has a plan for every single one of our lives. You are unstoppable because God lives inside of you. You know what? Let's take a minute. Turn to somebody behind you and tell them about a time that you're suffering. You don't have to go into details. You've got like 30 seconds. Your suffering produced great or a new measure of God's glory in your life. Go ahead, you got 30 seconds. I got you. Five seconds. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, time's up. My turn to talk. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I feel like I'm back in school. <laughs> uh, listen to what Paul wrote. This is like so cool. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. So we do not lose heart, though our outward self is wasting away. Wow. Our inward self is being renewed day by day. I love the idea of a day. Because the scripture says today is the day of salvation. I'm afraid that in the Christian world, people want to get saved so they don't go to hell. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's something better than that. It is that we are living every day so that we can show forth his glory. It's amazing. So let's continue this portion of scripture. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are not seen. All right? He's showing us that our eyes need to be on the value of the suffering that we're going through in the moment. We need to make much of it. Don't pretend it's not there. Life hurts. People hurt people. And hurt people hurt people. And it's easy to be offended. But God is saying, look beyond all of that. Look beyond all of that to what God has for your life. I hope you are not satisfied with your life. I hope you carry the angst and the burden of travail that is in Scripture, Romans chapter 8, that we are all to bear. Romans 8, verse 19, says this. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, 
but because of him who subjected it. All right? And in that portion of scripture, we can see very clearly, uh, as we go on to the, uh, the next verse, it says, for that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. The idea here is so simple. You know, when God created Adam, he put him on the earth, he said, you are in charge. And I mean, it was an incredible place, right? The creatures were all getting along. You know, it was wonderful. We had a cat. I don't remember its name. I think it was Fluffy or something. What was the cat? It wasn't Fluffy. Princess. Princess. Princess was lovely. I mean, I didn't know I liked cats. You know, I always thought those cat people, right? I became one of them. We had this lovely cat, all white, maybe a few markings. Princess, we bought her a diamond-studded, not real diamonds, pink collar, right? And then one day I came home. Creation is corrupt. I came home, and Princess had a mouse and she stuck a claw into the mouse and she flipped it in the air and the mouse came down. She batted it with the other hand and I'm like, what is going on? There was blood all over. This, now, maybe you're used to it. I, this was my princess, okay? She doesn't behave that way. And I was like, oh, Romans 8. The creation groans in travail to see the, the manifestation of God in his children so that this world will come back into the place that we read about in Revelation chapter 8 and, and, and in Isaiah. But we are messed up. We live in a messed up world. And I'll tell you what, we're kind of used to it, right? We are. I mean, the other day I saw something run across my driveway and I don't know, it was a musk, I shouldn't say muskrat, I'm an Elginac. It was probably some other animal. <laughs> and I aimed my front tire at it. I wanted to take it out. Okay, I mean, this is a corrupt, this is like, yeah, bad, right? And so God's got a plan for us. When we come into the liberty, creation is watching. The trees, the animals are in the state they are because of Adam. And you and I were there in the garden we participated in all of that sin. When God sets us free, everything around us will enjoy the manifestation of the sons of God. It's amazing. But it's a process. It's like travail. It's like a woman who is in travail with a baby. How many of you have ever seen those great pictures on Facebook of a woman when she's pushing out that 10-pound baby? Ever see those pictures? Never, <laughs> never. What do you see? What's the picture? Yeah, she's smiling. She's holding the baby, right? She looks a little tired, but she's smiling. And that's kind of the picture that God wants us to have. You know, I'm in a new job. I'm facing, you know, various trials, and I keep this ever before me. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. It's the truth. My God is unstoppable. He has a plan for my life. He has a plan for your life. And I'm sorry, but the truth of the matter is when you read Scripture, there's only one person that can get in the way of what God wants to do in your life. And that's you. Psalm 78. 
God wanted to pour out abundantly to his people in the wilderness. And it says clearly, they resisted him and they limited him. You know, God's got, he has some standards and they're kind of radical. All we have to do is abandon our lives. All we have to do is Romans chapter 6, be buried with Christ and live in the newness of life. All we have to do is fight those battles of Romans 7. All we have to do is access the power of God in Romans chapter 8. Many people, when Jesus was born, were oblivious to it. Little town, little stable. But there were hungry people. There were shepherds. They were longing. There were wise, wealthy people who were longing. They had that travail experience, right? There were fishermen. There were people who were longing. They felt that angst. You and I are corrupt in our flesh. Jesus died for that. God's people, number two here, our point, God's people groan in travail for the full redemption. Romans 8, 23, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who are the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And God has called us righteous. He's called us uh, as if we're already glorified. But it's a process that we walk through to get there. You know, the groaning, even within our own bodies. How many of you, you know, sit on the couch and you're watching this great movie and you go to get up? Right? You know, I never used to make any sounds. It's like... You know, and it's not that anybody can hear my knee squeak, but my brain can feel it. <laughs> and my mouth goes, <laughs> you know, and the first few steps are kind of like this. It's like, Chris, are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. I got this. <laughs> Go in the refrigerator, get something to eat. It's like, finish watching this stupid movie. Whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like, we are dying. <laughs> Isn't that the good news? <laughs> we are falling apart day by day. Time is running out. You have an expiration date, okay? I don't know where it's stamped, but you've got an expiration date. But our lively hope is that we're being renewed in the inward part of who we are. God has absolutely wonderful, wonderful challenges for us. Guys, I want to leave you with just a simple little thought today. There's two, two things going on here. Number one, Basically, though, overarching thought, today's suffering gives way to God's glory today and for the future. We want to embrace the challenges in the moment. We must see the trial coming and then respond. And when you fail, you get back up because our God is what? unstoppable. Amen. You guys are good. I just want to give you a test and see your 100% scores. You're good. This is good. 
We are unstoppable because of our God. So Christians, Christians know God. We should have this, this sense of the Holy Spirit, the taste, the foretaste of the fullness of God living in us so that we live according to the unction or the inspiration of that Holy, that Holy Spirit. Salvation is not just fire insurance. It's so much more. It's this exciting daily journey, right? It's kind of like playing the game of Monopoly. Get this. You're going to love this. When you're all done, I mean, you may have owned Park Place. Huh, big deal, right? You're, you're wonderful, right? You have hotels. Huh, huh. You know, somebody else only has houses. Oh, so sorry for you, loser, right? You get out of jail free. That's all of us. Amen. Because our biggest problem is solved. But when you're done, you put it all in a box. You put it on the shelf. And nothing from that box follows you. Because it was just a game. But in Christianity, what you do with your money, we just saw wonderful opportunities. What you do with your time, how you play this game of life, when they put you in the box and put you away, all of those things, the money, what it purchased, they follow you into eternity. What will you have to show God? He has a very cool plan for your life. And he says you're unstoppable. It's very cool. Now, being a Christian, I alluded to this earlier, is kind of a strange thing. It really is. Paul bragging about his suffering, right? It's kind of strange. Listen to what the word says about us. We are peculiar, okay? I don't know how flattering that is. You're strangers, pilgrims sojourners, men who turn this world upside down, amen. We are called outcasts, slaves of Jesus Christ, prisoners of the Lord, fools for Christ, and under oarsmen, that's how Paul referred to himself, in chains, the bottom of a Roman ship. And all of this is supposed to be good news. Now, here's the deal. If we embrace the limitations and that identity as being strange, a stranger on the planet, then we can also embrace all of these positive ideas about what a Christian is. Romans 8, we are more than conquerors. How many of you want to conquer the problems in your life? Let me see your hands. How many of you want to help other people conquer the same problems that you've had so that you become more than a conqueror and you help others along their journey? Amen? That's why you're on the planet. So when we embrace the limitations of God, we are then called overcomers. We're called the children of God. He calls us predestinated. He calls us justified. He calls us sanctified. He calls us glorified and sees that the work is already accomplished. He calls us perfect in Jesus Christ. Your sufferings come in two kinds of packages. Some of those are just the kind that are a lot of fun. Like Paul, I was in jail, I had shackles, my leg was bleeding, kind of hurt, and I was singing, and it all fell off, and the doors opened. Good time. I won't go into detail, we don't have time. We were in India. We, had, we were in a, a, a little van traveling on the border, and the Pakistani army was there, and the Indian army was there. They stopped us, they pointed machine guns at us. I was having so much fun. I was. It was amazing. Like, oh, Jesus. 
I'm in India for you. I know I have a son who's like 10 years old. He's at home, but you know, if you're going to take me, this is the best way to go. I was in a little airplane, a five-seater, flying to a, a, a mission field called Attawapiskat, right? It's, in the, it's just like in the Arctic Circle someplace, right? And the winds were against us. We're running out of gas. And it was like, oh, well. And the pilot says, uh, if this plane goes down, <laughs> there's a gun in the nose of the plane. You're going to have to use it because this is bear country. I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't make any sense. But I know what I experienced. So there's those kinds of suffering for Christ that are just Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're going to throw you in the fire. I can just imagine Shadrach said, hey, Abednego, should we tell the king? He goes, yeah, go ahead. King, <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> we have a God who is amazing, and he's going to save us. And if he doesn't, we still don't care. <laughs> you know? It's like so cool. It's so cool. So I want all of us to experience that suffering. But to be realistic, there's the other kind of suffering. The suffering of the cross every day. You know, pastors drawn beautiful pictures, real pictures. Your cross, because of maybe your own wrong choices. You know, when you're nailed, right? He wasn't covered, he was exposed. It's hard when everybody sees your failure. How about that suffering? Can we glorify God in that? I think that's, that's so powerful. It's so uncomfortable. It's even unnerving talking about it this morning. It's like Job. I don't get it, but my deep hope, these eyes will see my Redeemer. That's for people who know Jesus. But this morning, if you haven't met Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I'll tell you what. You want that fire insurance we talked about. But you also, you want to know him. I believe you sense his presence. I believe you sense his love. I, I, I know that you have had a quandary in your own mind about eternity. How does all of that work? There's something deep in every one of us that travails to know God in a new and deeper way. And I don't believe, I was going to say I invite you but I believe it's the Holy Spirit who invites every one of us this morning to embrace the journey that he's placed us on with a deep, deep hope that our sufferings work for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. It would be a radical thing today to have this many people in this space say, I want to suffer with you and for you, Lord Jesus to see your kingdom come and your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. People often say, Jesus is the answer. And people who are living an okay, normal life, who are content, who are not travailing in God's program, would say, if Jesus is the answer, what's the problem? What's the question? And I, I had many answers to that. But I settled on one from the Lord. The question is this. Is God happy 
with you today? Isn't that an amazing question? Is God happy with you today? And I'd like to ask another question. Can God be happy with you today? And the answer is yes. Yes! Because we're not going to limit the Holy One of Israel like the children of Israel did. We're going to respond to Him with all of our heart because we know that is how He made us. And that is our purpose for being on this planet. I heard the, song, I heard the lyrics to a song yesterday and it, they, just, they just stuck with me. It was this, I don't want to be with someone I can live with. I want to be with someone I can't live without. Amen. Lord Jesus, may each of us today in your presence respond. Lord, we have hurts. It's part of our suffering. We have annoyances. part of our suffering. You can remove all of that, but you choose to give us grace, just like the Apostle Paul, with his affliction in the flesh. You choose to give us abundant grace so that we rise above and that we bring glory to your name through our suffering. Today, we're going to strangely say thank you for the pressure of the day. Lord, even bring it on because every past challenge and trial, travail, has worked your glory into our nature and our character so that we could replicate that aspect of your character in our midst. We thank you and praise you today in Jesus' name. And everybody who wants it said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's Word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself today.